0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're reacting to the 2022 fantasy football season on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up,
2: Roto-Viz?
1: Welcome into the Roto-Viz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Dave Caven alongside Curtis Patrick. We are two of the owners here at roto ready to do a real high-level review of the 2022 season, start working our way through recapping what happened, and this is going to be kind of like our instant reaction to the entire season. Uh, what's going on,
2: Curtis. Plenty man uh this will be I think this will be enlightening um, as some people probably saw throughout the balance of the week I'm uh, getting back into kind of the off season uh, dynasty startup mode dynasty ranking so i'm I'm gonna be paying special attention as we run down each position list for uh tweaks here and there at each position that I might want to make um, based off of you know how players ended up the year you know hey, we could look at this from you know. Raw points scored, points per game, and then just, you know, kind of narratives um, around each of the positions as we as we look and see, you know, where some of those teardrops are. Um, from from the elite to the to the very good to the replaceable.
1: All right. We're gonna start off at quarterback. A pretty incredible thing in here, Curtis. If you go into the NFL fantasy summary on rotoViz.com. You toggle for quarterback and you look at fantasy points per game. Do you know who you see sitting atop
2: that board? Yeah, baby. <laughs> yes, Jalen Hurts, it's man. Jalen Hurts. It's Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Uh, it, it it feels great. I mean, he he definitely improved as a passer. Um, you know, it's a shame that he missed a couple of those games. I think he would have probably gotten to four thousand passing yards this season. Uh, if he had played the full 17, but man, he improved uh, with his accuracy. I had some tweets about that, and I I, uh, mentioned it in my uh, Superflex Dynasty Rankings article, 22 touchdowns and just five interceptions. But the shocking thing, man, 13 rushing touchdowns in 14 games. I mean, it's hard to poke a hole in what this guy did this year. Uh, The closest player in all of fantasy to 30 points per game. Absolutely.
1: And people are probably going to get sick if they're not already of us talking about Jalen Hurts. <laughs> but after the campaign yeah. this year, I think it's going, to, it's going to be hard for us to stop talking about him.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, I think it, he's going to be safely nestled in the top five, I think, uh, for years to come. He, he could have a lot of regression and rushing touchdowns, it'll probably be replaced by passing touchdowns and passing yards uh, next year as he continues to improve in those categories.
1: Well, here's one of the things that really stands out to me, you know, while we're making kind of just this quick high level pass through it, you at hurts at 29.24 uh, points per game, Mahomes and Allen, not too far off Joe Burrow around 26. Then we drop all the way down to guys like Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence and Geno Smith, in the 21 to 22 range. So we have a very significant drop off this year um, from the top three, maybe you could even say top four to the rest of the pack. So I was kind of interested to see that divide.
2: Yeah. I, I think the, the takeaway that I have here is that in, in roster management leagues, it really does just kind of highlight, you know, there is an edge to taking the quarterbacks that are that are going to have you know that five six eight nine point per game week, weekly average uh, advantage over even the, the mid QB ones you know and best ball you know seeing how many uh, quarterbacks are sandwiched in there between you know twenty and twenty two points per game uh, that really does highlight you know how you could still have a lot of success drafting the right two or the right three even if you wait. But, man, and things like the FFPC main event or even in, you know, single QB uh, dynasty leagues, it doesn't really hurt to overvalue, uh, especially Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen because of their remarkable consistency in these categories. But if, like Dave and I, you think (coughs) Jalen Hurts has joined that category, you know, I I think a real case can be made that uh, it's not such a bad process to take these guys inside of the top five rounds next year.
1: Right. I think when you're seeing the point totals getting as high as they are getting, and I did a quick review of some of the years prior and, you know, occasionally we have players approximating 28, 29 points per game. But, um, I think overall, when you lined up the distributions this year, you're going to see, it's a little bit more impressive what we're getting at the top. Um, they start to get into the range where given those point totals and given the differentiation between them and other players, there's a much stronger case now for going for these quarterbacks earlier than we may have in the past these top level guys and this is kind of an evolution that we've seen happening now for a couple of years as the game of fantasy continues to change so some real high level takeaways on quarterback there uh if we start talking about running back
2: i do want to mention okay yeah go ahead just a, just an honorable mention to what geno smith has done yeah I in think his that's, 30s man yeah you know, we were talking about all those players sandwiched between 20 and, and 22 points. I mean, Geno Smith's right there as the the QB eight in points per game. The season, 29 passing touchdowns, just nine interceptions, uh, 315 rushing yards, probably a little room for improvement in the rushing touchdown category. It'll be really interesting to see what the Seahawks do this offseason. Uh, you know, you, you got to like for them to invest in a young QB Um but perhaps Geno Smith would get, you know, one more season at the helm before they turn the keys over. So uh, it was just really, cool. I mean, if that's not one of the feel good stories of the year, I don't know what it is.
1: Yeah, completely. Um, so great work by Geno Smith. Really fun to see him pull that off. A really cool thing here, Curtis, when you look at running backs, you have Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey sitting at one and two. I don't think those are players that, you know, there would have been fantasy managers out there saying there's absolutely no way they finish there. But Josh Jacobs, who we talked about a lot, comes in with 20.21 fantasy points across 16 games, a total of 323, was such a difference maker for teams this year. Probably the most surprising name when you look through the you know first five, six, seven, eight names. Also encouraging to see Brees Hall landing in there. Tony Pollard finally getting, you know, the shot we've been hoping for. He comes in uh, in terms of points per game in the top eight as well.
2: Yeah, uh, a big takeaway in Dynasty, you know, with Brees Hall is, you know, he averaged nearly 17 points a game through those first seven, you know, six and a half contests, I guess. And. You know, what we typically see from the rookie running backs is the back half of those rookie seasons is really um, where the points come. And so, you know, his early success is probably a harbinger of things to come, you know, next year. He probably would have finished this year, you know, closer to 19, 20 points a game, I think, up there with the likes of Josh Jacobs. If he he had had that whole season to kind of get over the hump. Um, and and really establish himself as the as the true bell cow of that offense and and you know relegating Michael Carter and probably would have held down Zonovan Knight uh, from ever even being a thing. So you know you hate to see that injury uh, that he that he uh, went through, but um, that's that's encouraging for next year. And then Tony Pollard showing what he could finally do in, in a much expanded role versus what he had, had in the first handful of seasons. You know whether he's back in Dallas or whether you know he has to leave and, and find another team situation. Uh, to, to, to be the, the leader in the clubhouse and in a backfield. It's it's pretty cool when, you know, player that we've been pounding the table for, and it's not just us. I mean, anyone with eyes has, has been yelling and screaming for uh, Tony Pollard to have an expanded role for a couple of years now, and it's just cool, you know, when he gets the extra touches for the production to actually come. And then, you know, I think the other narrative within running back is, you know, while they while they were still startable every week, we, we really are starting to see the edges fray on some of these guys that have been at the top of the running back scoring leaderboard for, for sure. you know, the past half decade, yep. you know, seeing players like Aaron Jones, Dalvin cook, Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott all be at, you know, 15 PPR per game or below. And there's a real changing of the guard that's about to occur. And um, for, for redraft purposes and for dynasty purposes, uh, this is going to be an extremely important year uh, to have our eyes on what happens in the NFL draft. There are some extremely talented backs coming into the league. You're going to see you know, potentially, you know, uh, well, certainly I think Bajan Robinson go in the first round, potentially others. Um, and I think you're going to see more day one and day two running backs drafted this season than we have in, in the past handful of seasons. And so it's, it's kind of a perfect storm, I think. That as we see some of these veterans get into their late 20s, the efficiency fall off and, you know, them looking for money, it's a bad situation for those guys when you have all this new talent coming into the league. It's going to be fun.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, all you have to do is just start looking down this list of names and evaluating where these guys are in their career. And even some of the guys that kind of emerged this year far enough into their career that, it's hard to you know, really get a sense of what things are going to look like three, four years out from now. So it should be very interesting to see how this continues to break down. We have to give a shout-out to Jamal Williams, finishing as the running back 15, thanks to 15 rushing touchdowns. Easily one of the biggest surprises of the whole year.
2: Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, the other, uh, I think the other name that we can call out um, that's going to finish a little lower than he otherwise might've is Joe Mixon. Cause as we're on the air, I just saw this breaking news. Bill's Bengals week 17 is officially canceled and will not be resumed. So uh, you know, Mixon would have had an opportunity there uh, to climb the leaderboards, but you know, he's going to have a, a missed game. That's actually not due to injury as a result of the, the NFL's decision there.
1: Right. Yep. So um, a very interesting piece of live breaking news there as well. Um, You know, I think from a perspective of digesting stats this year, what you'll almost have to do is kind of lop off week 17, Um, you know, make it uh, because it was, you know, there's a lot of big names in that game now cut short. A couple other names here to toss out. It was interesting that Najee Harris, uh, for as bad of a season as it felt like, ends up coming in at RB14. Obviously, that is a bit disappointing, but Curtis, he ends up finishing with nine overall touchdowns. Um, Only 9,000, or excuse me, wow, that would have been a lot of yards. <laughs> only 954 yeah. yards as a rusher, though, yeah. failing to get to 1,000. A big drop-off down to 52 targets. The attempts were at 249. Overall, though he recovered some, I think this is still going to go down as a failure for Najee in his second year.
2: Yeah, I mean, really Najee's best ability this year was availability. Um, unfortunately, he just didn't provide a lot of week to week upside, um, but he was available to you. And, and that's more than can be said of, of a lot of running backs. Uh, it's pretty normal, the position to miss a couple games, obviously. Other other guys that kind of highlight, you know, 31-year-old Jarek McKinnon finally Finally getting it done yep. uh, for more than just a, a fill-in spot. I mean, he's among the league winners with what he did over the the last, you know, kind of third of a season, uh, which was pretty cool to see. Uh, we saw the mid to late season emergence of Ramondre Stevenson, uh, who's, you know, looks like he's, you know, going to prove to be one of the, the year's best rookie uh, values. And uh, it'll be kind of interesting to to track him into uh, 2023 um, Reminder Stevenson, 83 targets, Dave, actually third amongst all running backs and targets uh, this season, despite really not having a consistent role until, you know, we got into the middle of October. So uh, it's going to be, you know, are his 83 targets going to be like Najee Harris's rookie year uh, targets were? And we're going to see that kind of um, erode in year two, or could he potentially take? you know, another step forward or, or even just kind of lock down that target uh, level and, and, and really challenge the likes of, you know, Saquon Barkley and kind of that that tier two or, you know, tier one B of, of running backs next year. He, he's another interesting story from this season. And then I think, you know, the all-stars at the top, you know, you mentioned Eckler and McCaffrey as we started the review of the position, but, you know, with one game to play, both of those guys over 100 targets and, you know, just showing the, the absolute power of uh you know what the receiving running back still means to uh fantasy football.
1: Yeah, the final note here would be that if you were to search for Jonathan Taylor, uh you're gonna have to do a lot more looking than you would have been expecting to do when this season first started. Yeah. Uh but let's transition over to wide receiver Justin Jefferson, an absolutely fantastic campaign. Tyreek Hill makes his way over to Miami, doesn't miss, you know, a step at all. Finishes with 21 fantasy points per game uh, or at least to this point in the year. I have some other names you'd expect in there. Adams, Diggs, AJ Brown, another wide receiver changing teams coming in at wide receiver 5. I think a large takeaway from this year is though there is historical evidence that points to having concerns about wide receiver switching teams. When you are talking about some of the absolute best wide receivers in the league, that probably does not need to be a concern, obviously a small sample, but it's encouraging to see these two just absolutely smash.
2: Yeah. I mean, Adams over 170 targets, uh, and, and looking, you know, still elite, even with Jared Stidham. Uh, not that Derek Carr was exactly Aaron Rodgers, but I, you know, you and I, especially me, uh, had some big concerns about what the Raiders would look like yes. with Sitom. And yes. uh, you know, it, it turns out that when you have you know Hall of Fame caliber players to throw the ball to, you can look pretty good, even if you're a replacement a level quarterback. So I'm just so impressed with Adams, man. Um, not not just his his consistent production. I mean, you know, in four out of the past five seasons, you know, assuming that something doesn't Crazy doesn't happen with a bunch of other receivers that are trailing him right now. This would be the fourth time in five years that he finishes as his top four uh, wide receiver uh, in PPR scoring. And in 2019, the only reason he didn't finish there is because he missed four games. I mean, he's just been remarkably consistent. And When you look at what he's done in 2022, you know, first in total PPR, first in, in, in PPR per game, uh, first and expected point, or I'm looking at 2020. Sorry. I need to switch my filter. Oh boy. Uh, top, <laughs> there, there we go. Uh, still top four in basically every category yeah. except, you know, racer and, and FPOE I mean, second in targets, eighth and receptions, third in receiving yards, first and touchdowns, second in air yards, first and whopper third and PPR, fourth and PPR game, fourth and expected points per game. You know, he's in his 30s switching teams and during quarterback changes, still getting it done. And even just the way that he's handled the whole Derek Carr situation. Yep coming out with just such class and like he, he managed to stick up for his guy and say, you know, Derek Carr is the reason I came to Las Vegas, but he still endeared himself to the team. You know, he signed this long-term deal, mega deal. He's like, you know, I above, you know, above all, even above wanting to play with Derek Carr, I wanted to be a Raider, you know, and I hope that they'll let me have a, a say in what they do at quarterback, but you know, I'm a Raider. So it's just hard not to like that guy.
1: For sure. And of course there's going to be some interesting options at quarterback Uh, already names like Garoppolo Tom Brady
0: potentially being flown around as guys that could come in so we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast That will be something worth paying
1: attention to. You know, at the running back position, we talked about a changing of the guard. Uh, it is fun to see some new names making their way into the wide receiver one range this year. Um, now, C.D. Lamb, we talked about him, I remember earlier on in the year, questioning if we'd ever ma- see him make this push to getting into that super elite range. Ends up finishing the year at wide receiver six with almost 18 points per game. But Can behind
2: him- he didn't make the leap. You don't I think mean, he I, made the that, leap? No, I mean you yeah. know that's just, this is still low end wide receiver one and like you know Ceedee Lamb. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's great that he got the volume. It's hard to it's hard to turn your nose up at you know thirteen hundred receiving yards, but like this isn't elite. Like mm-hmm. this isn't no. He wasn't a league winner at the position. He didn't make. He didn't bridge the gap to Tyree Kill, who you could draft after Ceedee Lamb. Yep. Um. All, all uh off season. And, you know, he didn't take the step uh, to, to even get into Jamar Chase territory, who was, um, you know, he, he played, uh, you know, far fewer games. Um, so, you know, the raw scoring is not necessarily going to be a, a separating factor, but, you know, still managed to score about, a, you know, what, two and a half points uh, per game more than CeeDee Lamb. So I mean, CD, you know, I, he kind of just returned value at ADP, but, you know, he, I don't think he met, he made the leap. And I just want to call that out specifically because when you can get guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, yep, you know, basically pacing with them in several rounds after, and that was pretty obvious to see, you know, Chris Godwin, you know, after he got healthy pacing right there with them, Devonte Smith pacing with them over the latter half of the season, you know, she's, he's good. I don't know if he's great.
1: Right. Um, yeah, so you mentioned St. Brown, who I was going to mention. You have Christian Waddle, or Christian, I meant, sorry, Jalen Waddle finishing high, Devonta Smith. So some new names creeping their way up into the higher rankings here. Now, Smith, another one of those players that managed to put in a really yeah. nice back half to the year to save their season to some extent. Also, we have to give a little bit of a nod here to Mike Evans, who helped to recover (laughs) a lot of his season with an absolute explosion for 43 points in week 17. Uh, And the final name that I wanted to mention here, um, just in light of how wrong I was about how this player would finish Tyler Lockett puts in another really solid season, 15 points per game goes for 979 receiving yards eight receiving touchdowns. Nice to see Lockett still doing it, despite what I was expecting. And you have always been a big supporter of Tyler Lockett.
2: Oh yeah, man. Yeah. He's, he's just always had a thing for, you know, the smaller, super efficient guys. You know, you want to see him get even more work, but I mean, it's a testament to his ability that he, he did what he did. Um, and, and kind of a mediocre Seahawks here and, and transitioning to Gino, uh, and, and all of the challenges that uh, that squad had, including playing some you know pretty good defenses in the in the FC West. Um, on the ne- I guess on the negative side, like I'm not really throwing shade because this guy did exactly what we thought he would do. But you know, we were right about Gabriel Davis. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I called out way back in July. You know, using the range of outcomes tool, using the RotoViz screener, only three out of fifty players who were uh, SIM matches to Gabriel Davis production and usage in 2021. Only three of those 50 players scored at least seven and a half PPR more per game in their N plus one season, which is what Gabriel Davis would have needed to do to return value at ADP. Uh, He didn't do it. Um, And he scored, (laughs) he scored about four and a half points more per game uh, this season, which is great, but that also came in the form of very spiky production Uh, he did not reach that 6% outlier situation that he would have needed to reach uh, in order to justify the ADP. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, an implied role isn't enough to, you know, to warrant skyrocketing somebody all the way up the boards, if they didn't have that draft capital or, you know, a a bunch of, you know, kind of leading efficiency metrics that would suggest a big breakout, you know, just assumption of volume is, isn't enough. Maybe that's one small lesson we could take at uh, the wide receiver position this year.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. We kind of saw to some extent too a similar thing with Isaiah McKenzie, where I felt like people were pushing him up higher than he should have gone. Some of that just coming as a function of playing in Buffalo, which is understandable. But you know, maybe it's not enough to get
2: these guys you know a round or two above where they should be going. Then the two final- other quick players, yep, two other yep. quick players, I wanted to call out: Christian Watson. Um, managed to prove everyone right this year. Yep. Um, it's like, and he wasn't available and it was kind of a disappointment in the first half of the year. And then, you know, at times he's he's looked like he could be a total game breaker. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can get healthy, if the Packers could maybe make a playoff run um, and and him being a, a critical part of that. Would Rodgers come back to Green Bay and could Watson be poised for a huge year too? And then, you know, Deontay Johnson, Um, who we managed to talk about almost every week on the podcast uh, has a chance to finish the season uh, amongst the all-time NFL leaders with most receiving yards in a season uh, and no touchdowns scored. Um, You know, I think Deontay could be an interesting guy that, you know, maybe would benefit from a change of scenery, even though, you know, the Steelers, um, you know, committed to him a bit uh, from a contract perspective and, You know, even if he stays put, you could, I don't think it's crazy to like think that maybe Pickett would take a little bit of a step forward. And obviously, you know, Deontay is a a prime candidate for some pretty massive swing to the positive in terms of touchdown regression. So um, he'll be a player that I'll be looking to draft, you know, next year, even though uh, he didn't return value this year.
1: For sure. And one of the things that we've mentioned is how often we saw him when looking at these passing game matchups. Scoring towards or rating towards the absolute bottom faced a very difficult schedule um this year on top of some of those Woes that he had in finding the end zone and functioning with two quarterbacks new to the offense I don't think we have many tight end notes to hit on right now other than the fact that Travis Kelsey was just a landslide Above all yeah. other options there and then it was fun to see TJ Hawkinson make the switch between teams, be a substantial contributor and, you know, hopefully uh, help some fantasy teams out along the way.
2: Yeah, man, I think for next year, you know, Kelsey's still going to be in that round one, round two picture, um, you know, until he signs shows signs of, of slowing down. You know, he, he just posted he's he's among, you know, a, a pretty short list of, of players in NFL history to have you know, multiple seasons of a hundred receptions and 1300 receiving yards. And you just, Oh, by the way, also happens to play tight end. Yeah. Um, so, you know, even entering his you know, uh, mid thirties at this point, you know, still really going strong. I think the big, the big thing to note here is, um, you know, Mark Andrews uh, how much of his return to the pack is due to uh, not having a, a lot of Lamar Jackson this year and how much of it is, is it due to, you know, maybe the, the emergence of Isaiah likely taking a little bit of the role and, and the fact that the Ravens couldn't really find another guy uh, to take pressure off of uh, those tight ends. You know, you had Hollywood over the top in prior years, you know, Kelsey is so good in that chiefs offense. And, and part of that is Mahomes obviously a big part of that is, but even though they didn't have any elite wide receivers, Kelsey was still just completely raking. Now, the Ravens obviously have a vastly different offense, but Andrews wasn't able to put up that elite production despite being the you know, odds-on favorite to, to smash in targets, receiving yards, and, and touchdowns in any given week. Um, so I think as I approach tight end next year, be very cautious about where I potentially rank my tight end to for redraft purposes. I think for, from a dynasty perspective, too, I think a lot of arguments can be made for a lot of different guys is actually the, the dynasty tight end one. I have no problem with people still ranking Travis Kelsey there. If you think about his one year value, but after that, I think argue, arguments can be made for the likes of TJ Hawkinson, who is, you know, entering, you know, kind of, I guess, early or, or, you know, late pre-prime for, for tight end, if that is uh, such a term. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, he's kind of right there with Andrews, you know, Kyle Pitts had an unfortunate you know year again, but you know, the Falcons would presumably find a way to improve a quarterback and, um, you know, at, at times he showed uh, you know, why we were so enamored with him, you know, coming out of college, but the same time, he's two years in now and hasn't given us the production. Kittle has kind of been Kittle, you know, and when he's not been injured, he's been good. And uh, but he has he's not always been available. And uh, you know, it was fun to see Evan Ingram. I think we should highlight him. Yep. You know, that Jaguars offense is really emerging. We highlighted Trevor Lawrence and his importance um, in Dynasty earlier in our episode this week. If if Ingram were to re-sign in in Jacksonville, I think he's a pretty interesting player too and could be one of the better values in Dynasty startups next year.
1: Yeah, I I tend to agree with that. Um, Working the way through Dynasty tight end rankings this year is going to be quite uh, an interesting and, and likely very difficult exercise i also feel had some... free to just
2: like copy mine and then just move people a couple spots yes because <laughs> it's, it's gonna suck i totally agree with you man yeah only yep. one of us should have to stress about it yes i agree and
1: as we've seen over over the course of recording these shows you know our, our rankings are now falling more in step with each other than they may have in the past uh yeah. but you know i always will have to you know, find a couple of players that I can question and push back on. So I, I look there forward you. to doing that. We will be talking about all of that and more in the coming weeks on the playoff podcast. challenge, Play yeah, go, challenge. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
2: Pl- quick plug at the end of the episode here. Um, we're going to be talking lots of playoff challenge uh, next week. It's going to be so much fun, man. Uh, I can't, can't wait to attack these contests uh, at FFPC. And, and also at Underdog, you know, two different types of contests because of the way that you can enter them and the, the players that are available to you. But I just think this is one of the best forms of, of uh, fantasy football. It's like it's like bonus fantasy football, right? Um, and I, I, I would highly encourage you, even if it's just one entry, do some form of a playoff challenge. I promise it will make the NFL playoffs more fun to you than they ever have been. Uh, And if you've been playing these contests in the past, you know, no doubt we'll be able to talk you into uh, entering even more contests than you have in the past because you know how addictive it is and uh, how the multiple levels of game theory just, you know, uh, can, can really suck you in. So Dave and I walk through some high level strategy, maybe share one or two of our lineups and more next week.